Hey folks, let's spend some time with friends up north. Pat Kreitlow of Up North News is on Lake Wissota. Sarah Yacoub with the Manaqua Brewing Company Super Pack is on the Mississippi River. And up on Lake Manaqua is Kirk Bangstead of the Manaqua Brewing Company. Wherever you are, welcome. You're up north. Hello and welcome to the Up North Podcast. I'm Kirk Bankstead. I'm Pat Kreitlow. Sarah Yacoub has the week off. On the show this week, a very simple theme, a very powerful theme, your vote matters. And the sanctity of each person's vote is the bedrock of our democracy. And that bedrock was cracked on January 6th when the only thing that stood in the way of invalidating the votes of millions of Wisconsinites and Americans was, believe it or not, Vice President Mike Pence's conscience when he refused to do the bidding of Trump and Trump's lawyers who asked him to accept fake slates of electors from Wisconsin and a number of other swing states that fraudulently claimed that Trump had won the election instead of the real slates of electors that listed Biden as the rightful president. Now, the Monaco Brewing Company Super PAC is funding a lawsuit against Senator Ron Johnson and Representatives Tom Tiffany and Scott Fitzgerald for aiding and abetting that conspiracy to overthrow our government by repeatedly telling the big lie that there was election fraud in our state and others, which was a necessary element to pull off the biggest crime our nation would have ever seen, a presidential coup. So our state just hit a milestone last Friday, and this is what we're going to talk about on today's show. We just hit a milestone last Friday when we had to submit an argument to the judge that our plaintiffs had standing, which is a, it's a legal term that means they have the right to sue Johnson, Tiffany, and Fitzgerald. Yeah, that, it's now, a good point to, to make, and I'll make it quickly here again, but standing is, is just so key. A lot of lawsuits by average voters have been dismissed because of standing. Judges are suggesting that people suing weren't necessarily harmed more than any other voter, so they didn't have a right to sue. One example uh, is that a group of citizens tried, like the plaintiffs in Kirk suit, to sue the Senate and Mitch McConnell for blocking Merrick Garland's nomination to the Supreme Court for almost a year, which that's never happened in our nation's history and is arguably one of the reasons Roe v. Wade is about to be overturned. But that suit was dismissed because of standing. And, you know, obviously, Kirk, your lawyers didn't want that to happen this time. Yeah. So thanks, Pat. And so they ask our plaintiffs to write affidavits that claiming that they weren't just average voters, but that they were political activists with years of advocacy under their belts who were harmed more than the average Wisconsin voter. So when I read these affidavits from these plaintiffs, uh, many of whom listed years of dedicated service trying to make our state just a better place to live and how the events of January 6 rocked and harmed their neighborhoods and even their own families, I really like got emotional and I started crying and I was like, Pat, I got to put these guys on the show and we just got to do a, a unique show tonight. I have, I have a very, uh, a very easy rule here. If something makes Kirk cry, we put it on the show. Um, sometimes it's music based. Uh, sometimes it's politics based. We're going with the latter this time around. Uh, but it, it is important that we not just um, explain this to a judge, but we explain this to all of you that a legal case like this is not something, well, look, anybody can file a lawsuit, but to actually make a claim in court um, that a law has been broken or that somebody is not qualified to be on the ballot, uh, you do have to reach a certain threshold. And so 
I think what you've set up here tonight, Kirk, is basically a town hall meeting. These are going to be some very special Wisconsinites. Tell us the reasons that they feel that Ron Johnson, Tom Tiffany, and Scott Fitzgerald must be held accountable for lying before Wisconsin can heal from the events of January 6th. Yeah. And, and, these are this is not staged. I mean, these are average Wisconsinites who who signed up to be part of this lawsuit because they really cared about our state. And this is this is going to be raw and it's going to be unfiltered. And we're just going to go through from testimony to testimony uh, when we come back from the commercial break. All right, we'll do that right after this. You're up north. Come gather around, people, wherever you roam, and admit that the waters around you have grown. Accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone For the times they are changing Welcome back to the Up North Podcast. All right, Kirk, we have, uh, for those folks who are looking at the video version of this, um, this is the first time we've truly looked like the Brady Bunch. Um, I, I will play Jan if you'll, you'll, you'll be the marshal of my Jan. And the rest of these fine, upstanding Bradys are going to join us throughout the show. Uh, we'll hear from them one at a time. And so, uh, Kirk, this, this is your uh, wonderful uh, panel that you've set up for us. So I'll let you uh, take things from here. All right. So everyone uh, that uh, on the radio, you can't see these awesome folks, but on the video, you can. Uh, they're all the plaintiffs in our suit against Ron Johnson, Tom Tiffany and Scott Fitzgerald. They are uh, they are wonderful Wisconsinites from all over the state. Um, we're just going to have them start reading their uh, affidavits that they wrote to claim why they're. Uh, you know, they're just not an average voter. Why Why they've really worked hard to make this state a better place to live um, and to give us standing in our lawsuit. Now, uh, we're going to ask Jim Kurtz to talk first. I'm going to ask all the plaintiffs um, on the affidavit you wrote, it says for you to, you know, you had to say what your name was and where you were from. So I want you to start with that and then read your statement. Jim, take it away, my friend. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jim Kurtz from Ladysmith, Wisconsin actually born in Wisconsin and Port Edwards, but I'm living in Ladysmith for the last 37 years. The damage caused me is very personal. It affects my daily life and my ability to associate with others. I know that the people of this state from all walks of life believe in free and fair elections. And the plan to overturn the 2020 election was obviously illegal. But until the defendants, who I believe conspired to help perpetuate, perpetuate that crime, use lies and innuendos to fuel discontent and use their positions of power to accommodate the fraudulent electors, Fitzgerald, and further the big lie, all three defendants, until they are held responsible for their actions, my efforts to work with people who live in my area are greatly impeded. Trying to get past the 2020 election to discuss issues that matter to Wisconsinites often comes to naught. And as I write this, I am preparing to drive three hours to Granton, Wisconsin, to a planning session for the Farm Technology Show to be held in Loyal, Wisconsin in July. I believe most of the people I will be working with will be Republicans. Data I've read reveals that likely half of them will believe the election was stolen from Donald Trump. Until the defendants are held accountable for their role in this plan, I doubt the farmers in the area will be, be willing to even consider 
hearing about some of the good things that have been done under the Biden administration. Their minds will be closed to ideas coming from Democrats who they believe stole the 2020 election. This harm was caused like them, including President Trump himself. Nevertheless, I will make the trip because we cannot give up on the truth or on our efforts to reach voters. But the failure to hold the defendants ac accountable for their actions makes rational discussions of issues almost impossible. Done. Hey, Jim, thank, thank you, you Jim. so much. We really appreciate it. For folks who might have just tuned in a little later, and we'll explain this a couple of different times, these are folks that are uh, helping bring a case against Senator Johnson, Congressman Tiffany and Fitzgerald um, about their presence on the ballot because of their basically pro-insurrectionist views. We wanted to hear from them in their own words. Kirk, who's up next? Uh, we have Cheryl uh, Moranto up next. Cheryl, take it away. Hi, thanks. So I'm Cheryl Moranto. I live in Glendale, Wisconsin, and I've lived in Wisconsin since 1990. In addition to regularly voting in national, state, and local elections for my entire adult life, I have actively engaged in civic life and political action, both partisan and nonpartisan, since 2004. I served on the Whitefish Bay School Board for 12 years from 2004 to 2016. I've canvassed in presidential and state elections since 2004. I have worked as a poll observer and a poll worker. For the last three years, I've served on the leadership team of a local progressive organization, Grassroots North Shore, which I currently co-chair. For the past year, I have co-led North Shore Fair Maps. Over the last year, I've been immersed in the statewide nonpartisan fair voting maps movement which includes Republicans, Democrats, and independents. I've studied the legal and political science redistricting literatures and learned technical redistricting software and metrics. I attended most meetings of the People's Maps Commission and assisted over 20 individuals to draw and submit their community of interest maps to both the PMC and the legislature's Draw Your District website. I, along with over 150 fellow citizens, petitioned my government on October 28, 2021, testifying to a joint legislative hearing against the voting maps contained in SB 621, which sadly are now our voting districts. I actively assisted counsel in the preparation of an amicus brief filed by voters in each of the state's 33 Senate districts in Johnson versus WEC, the redistricting litigation before the Wisconsin Supreme Court. I agreed to be a plaintiff in this lawsuit because I believe that the United States is on the precipice of losing its democracy. The defendant's constant propagation of the big lie that Donald Trump won the 2020 presidential election, despite all evidence to the contrary, is the primary mechanism that was used to challenge the certified electors on January 6, 2021, in an attempt to overthrow the duly elected government and to undermine Americans' faith in our fair and free elections going forward. I am compelled to do everything in my power to stop the next insurrection. Too often, the media focuses on the violence of that day, which was horrendous. This case and others like it correctly focus on the conduct that precipitated it and the actual object of the former president, defendants, and others who joined with them 
actually sought to do, to stop what happened in our last election from ever happening again the elected officials who are party to the last insurrection must be held accountable. If Ron Johnson, Tom Tiffany, and Scott Fitzgerald face no consequences and are allowed to remain on the ballot, my civic duty will compel me to work tirelessly to overcome citizens' understandable cynicism about the fairness of our elections and the belief that with our horribly gerrymandered voting maps, there is no use in voting. In other words, we need to restore the faith of our neighbors and the efficacy of our system of government so that they will vote. While getting out the vote has and will always be an important activity, in the past it has not been necessary to avert an existential threat to the very system of government. I, for one, could focus on the real issues that impact people's lives, matters of public policy, if you will. I could use my voice and experience to civilly persuade my fellow citizens to consider alternative views and ultimately to let them decide which candidate served their interests best. If the defendants are held accountable for their actions alleged in the complaint and deemed to have violated Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, I could work on other causes of our broken political system. Someday, I hope to be able to relax and enjoy my retirement and not suffer the anxiety and fear of what will happen to my country and my kids' future if we fail. The fact that I must do otherwise explains how I have been harmed by the defendants. So well said, Cheryl. Cheryl, thank you very much. Appreciate your words so much. And that started getting the tears running, Cheryl. Uh Cheryl, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for all you've done for this state. Uh, Rick Beckin, uh, please, uh, please, uh, please speak next. I appreciate your. Okay. Being all here. right. First of all, thanks, Kirk uh, Bankstead, for leading the charge on this. We wouldn't be anywhere near where we are without you. Thank you. Uh, I'm Richard Beshin. I live in Oregon, Wisconsin. I'm I'm going to have to read this since I haven't memorized it. I moved to Madison, Wisconsin from Dubuque, Iowa in 1983. To the best of my recollection, I have voted in every election since then. In many election cycles since 1988, I have been personally involved by making phone calls, knocking on doors, and hosting attending events on behalf of my preferred candidates. My wife and I have hosted house parties, meet and greets, fundraisers, and other public events to encourage our neighbors and friends to vote. Before Scott Walker and, Re and Republican legislators made it impossible for certified special registration deputies to help people register to vote, I assisted numerous members of my community, regardless of political party affiliation, to register to vote. And I was very proud of when, when I was doing it. Um, I'm interested in holding all of the people who fomented an insurrection against the United States accountable. There are others besides Senator Johnson and Representatives Tiffany and Fitzgerald, but those, who are, those are the ones who represent Wisconsin and who are accountable to Wisconsin voters like me. The January 6th insurrection was horrifying. It was the culmination of an effort on the part of the conspirators and a sitting president to overturn the results of the 2020 election. The defendants were an important part of an attack on our country. They were the crime's promoters, fanning the flames of discontent. And in the case of Representative Fitzgerald, 
directly aiding and abetting fraudulent electors when he enabled them to access the state capitol in Madison when it was closed to the public, so they could later claim to have certified their elector votes for Donald Trump. As Americans, we expect our elections to reflect the will of the people. After an election is decided, no matter who wins, I'm accustomed to moving on and devoting my energy to other important public issues and to my family and business. But what Tiffany, Fitzgerald, and Johnson did broke the traditional foundation of our democracy and the public trust that is the backbone of our political stability as a nation. And I find I cannot move on. The defendant's actions have caused a rift among those I care about. I have acquaintances and family who simply will not accept the results of an election that happened well over a year ago, one that was repeatedly judged fair and secure. People I care deeply about may never accept the results unless and until those, those who perpetrated the insurrection are held responsible for their actions. Only then will they finally accept that Donald Trump did not win the 2020 presidential election. It is hard to describe the sense of personal loss that comes from the anger and hopelessness I hear coming from the mouths of people whom I love and are central to my life. People who were duped by a sitting president and his conspirators, including the three defendants. I believe if the defendants are held to account, we will all be able to move forward with our lives and as a nation. Regrettably, I seriously believe that everything I've worked for in my life is at risk unless these three men are held accountable. You're not wrong about that. Um, Rick, thank you so much. Uh, again, I appreciate it. I, I think... Kirk, do you want to squeeze Paul in here before the break, or do we want to talk a bit about what we've heard and then start with Paul after the uh, the next break here? I think we should get Paul in because because uh, right. we got to get three then, we got to get three more folks in. Then I'm going to stop yapping. Paul, the floor is yours. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, my name is Paul Demain, and I'm an adult resident of Hayward, Wisconsin, in the Lacoudre Ojibwe Reservation. I've been involved in volunteer political action since a very young man growing up in central Wisconsin, stuffing envelopes at the feet of my mother, canvassing neighborhoods and organizing lobbying events over war and peace issues, indigenous burial preservation laws, and many others. As a former Wisconsin State Senate candidate and Wisconsin citizen, I've run political campaigns for local trial and national office, observed as a poll watcher and covered numerous elections as an investigative journalist. In other words, I have been engaged in the political system from many angles all of my life. Over the years, I have advocated for the native community to have faith in and participate in the political system. The defendant's conduct alleged in the complaint was part of an effort to undermine the will of the people in the 2020 presidential election. Their conduct robbed me of my faith in the system. Holding the defendants responsible for their ill deeds will help me restore the faith to other members of my community. I agree. I agreed to become involved in this lawsuit because I believe that the individuals who repeatedly and knowingly promoted claims of massive election fraud without any demonstrable proof have themselves become the problem in our democracy. I believe all three defendants conspired to assist in the perpetration of a crime against this country. They made fraudulent statements to the media and repeatedly and knowingly lied to members of the public, their own constituents. Congressman Fitzgerald, for his part, was involved in the facilitation of fraudulent documents when he provided the 10 fraudulent electors access to the state capitol. By word or deed, all three defendants helped the fraudulent electors and the false narrative that the Wisconsin election in 2020 resulted from fraud. 
8th, which obviously had its effect on January 6, 2021. Because they helped President Trump and others pursue an illegal path in an effort to undermine the electoral count, abandon their relationship with their constituents, and neglected their responsibility to ensure the peaceful transfer of power, these defendants must be held accountable. I believe that the actions of uh, Senator Johnson and Representatives Tiffany and Fitzgerald have fundamentally put our democracy at risk and other elected officials in physical danger. They have also damaged the prospects of other citizens who may have considered running for political office but choose not to, fearing retribution through fraudulent accusations and living lies. The defendants should know better. Holding them to account will help restore faith in American elections. Thank you. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you, Pat, and everyone for being involved in this. Uh, Paul, I've known Paul for forever, and I, I can't thank you enough for all the many ways that you provide service you know, throughout Northwest Wisconsin and, and beyond. It, it really warms my heart to have you here. We have heard from uh, just about half of our panel here um, more after the break as we talk about the reason that these uh, very special people have standing for a lawsuit that aims to hold people accountable for the actions of January 6th and trying to steal an election. We'll be back after this. You're up north. Won't you let me die? Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right. Get up, stand up. All right, welcome back to The Cabin. This is the Up North Podcast. I'm Pat Kreitlow, along with Kirk Bankstead. Sarah Yacoub will be back next week. Uh, Kirk, a brief uh, reminder of what we're doing here. So uh, we've we've got all of the plaintiffs. Well, we got some, seven out of 10 of our plaintiffs for the case against Ron John- U.S. Senator Ron Johnson, uh, Representatives Tom Tiffany and Scott Fitzgerald. Uh, we are the super PAC is funding the lawsuit, but these are the plaintiffs actually suing uh, these guys uh, for aiding and abetting the insurrection. And because of that, uh, we're saying that they should not be allowed to run for office or hold uh, office because they uh, swore an oath to protect our country. And if they've aided and abetted our insurrection, they've broken that oath and that's breaking the Constitution. And the reason they're talking today is uh, because we have to prove to a judge that that these plaintiffs are more than the average Wisconsin voter. And uh, so they've all written affidavits uh, saying their their history as as activists in Wisconsin, their history trying to make this place a better place to live um, and why they've been harmed more than uh, you know the average voter in Wisconsin. And we try to got to convince a judge of that in order to not get this case dismissed. Right. And I, I think the last thing we'll hit quickly uh, by, you know, when you hear their activists or advocacy, use the word helper, because these are the helpers. These are not everybody needs to be petitioning their government every day. Not everybody needs to be registering people to vote every day. But somebody has to do those things or democracy doesn't work. And these are some of the people that do. And these are their stories. James Botsford is with us next to share his affidavit. James, go ahead and welcome. Uh, good evening, everyone. Thank you to uh, Kirk and Pat for hosting this. And uh, thanks to everybody involved in this uh, important work. My name is James Botsford. Uh, I'm an adult resident of Marathon County, Wisconsin. I and my wife have consistently voted in local, state, and national elections throughout our 43-year marriage and even before. 
I am neither a Democrat nor a Republican, but I attend political rallies and especially meet and greet events in homes, restaurants, civic centers, and elsewhere so I can cast an informed vote. I often ask questions of candidates if there's a question and answer session and stick around after the presentations to introduce myself, look candidates in the eye, and maybe ask a more direct question on an issue close to my heart. This is all because I take voting seriously. I want my vote to be an informed one, and I want the candidates to be aware of issues I feel are important. As an attorney specializing in the rights and interests of Native Americans and their tribes, my practice has often involved petitioning state and federal governments with or on behalf of my clients. This educational and persuasive process has included both agencies and legislatures at the state and federal level. I agreed to be a plaintiff in this lawsuit because I believe the defendants did in fact knowingly participate in an unlawful conspiracy to obfuscate the last presidential election and to undermine and eliminate the precious value of my vote and the votes of other citizens who trust in our democracy and the rule of law. I am proud as a citizen to do my part to hold these defendants accountable for their participation to delegitimize the dignity of our civic life and the Republic itself. I believe in the clean handed integrity of our constitution. I believe it is at risk as a result of the attempts to steal the last presidential election. I believe those persons involved include our defendants and that if they are not held accountable, then their subversive actions will become the norm and our way of life will be diminished and put at great risk. Rather than debate and discuss policy issues in an effort to persuade people who view an issue of importance differently than I do, my conversations now focus on dispelling the myth of the big lie and addressing the conduct of Senator Johnson and Representatives Fitzgerald and Tiffany rather than the substantive issues I care about. Therefore, I feel compelled on behalf of myself and my children to devote my time and resources to making voters aware of the damage and the risks created by the defendants if they are allowed to be candidates for office after what they have done. If this court fails to hold them accountable, I will have to forego other work and projects and devote my time and resources to the cause of protecting the dignity and value of our votes and our electoral system by exposing the unconstitutional acts of the defendants. Thank you. Thank you, James, so much. Uh, let's go next to Dan Russler. Dan, thank you for being here tonight. My name is Dan Russler. I am from Helenville, Wisconsin, which is in Jefferson County. And I'm a technical writer who often writes at the request of others, including publishers. Most re recently, I've written commentary on the technical aspects of Supreme Court debates for the editor of Fort Atkinson Online. In addition, I'm a swing voter who evaluates candidates for election 
on the evidence they provide for adequate returns on investment when making investment decisions with our tax dollars. Of course, I regularly vote in national, state, and local elections. I do not give extra credit to either side of a debate for association with a political party. My distinguishing role is as an educator of the public on technical topics. In that role, I try to assist other voters in understanding the pros and cons of possible choices and consider the policy implications of a certain path. For example, I joined a project last summer, the Wisconsin Map Analysis Project, that eventually submitted an amicus brief to the Supreme Court of Wisconsin. I was one of the technical analysts on the team. In another example of recently successful political engagement, I responded in 2020 to government requests for citizen input on Wisconsin energy initiatives. Eventually, Governor Evers called me at my home and I urged him again to support the publication of an energy plan for Wisconsin, which other states had created, but Wisconsin had not. We discussed which part of state government should publish such a plan, for a number of reasons, I advised against having the Public Utility Commission publish a plan as he suggested might be appropriate. And then a few weeks ago, version one of the new Wisconsin Energy Plan was released to the public by the new Wisconsin Office of Sustainability. This is the kind of political role with, it, with which I am most comfortable. As I evaluated the reports of Representative Scott Fitzgerald, assisting the fraudulent electors to gain access to Wisconsin government offices at the state capitol. I believe this action did not pass the smell test. As I understand it, pursuant to state and federal law, Wisconsin's electors must gather at the capitol at noon on the designated date to vote and sign certificates to cast Wisconsin's 10 electoral votes. Thus, this group needed access to a location inside the state capitol. Apparently, this action occurred with the full understanding that their actions were suspicious. The press was not invited. They then tried to pass these documents as legitimate, signing and submitting them to the U.S. Senate and National Archives. Then State Senator Fitzgerald provided the group with access to a building by reserving a room for them and joined his companions in representing these fraudulent documents as legitimate to his colleagues and the public. As to this event, writing commentary for public media was not the appropriate, most appropriate venue for educating the public on this topic. Instead, joining as a plaintiff in this litigation was the most appropriate action for a person in my role. Similar to my joining the amicus brief for the Wisconsin Supreme Court, on the redistricting dispute. I believe that my role is different than that of an average concerned citizen. I've been trained in formal analysis at late, great expense to the state of Wisconsin. For that reason, I sense a greater degree of responsibility to the state and to the public. If I were asked to write a commentary for public media regarding Representative Fitzgerald, I couldn't just focus on tax investment decisions as I often do in relationship to our elected representatives. Instead, I would need to compare and contrast Representative Fitzgerald's role in assisting the fraudulent electors in their alleged crimes with the other Republican or Democratic candidate being considered. 
I am angry that my ability to educate voting citizens is compromised by the obligation I feel to include such misconduct in the comparison of candidates. This criminal behavior by Representative Fitzgerald clouds any reasonable discourse on the issues that I am able to pursue. His behavior has limited my ability to fulfill my civic duty by utilizing my specialized skills that can aid to inform the voting public. In consequence, his behavior and that of the other defendants should be evaluated by the court instead of an article written in my capacity as a commentator. And I thank you very much for this opportunity to speak tonight. Well, Dan, uh, well, Kirk, I, you know, you talked about some of these things making you, you know, getting you at an emotional level. And this one actually does it for me because it's much more technical in nature. And as a former legislator, I can tell you no democracy, no legislature works without civil service, without technical staff, without the nonpartisan experts at the Legislative Reference Bureau, the Legislative Fiscal Bureau, the Legislative Audit Bureau. And these are good people there and elsewhere that Dan's talking about uh, in the private sector who have been maligned for simply speaking in favor of democracy. Um, Dan, I'm, I'm really touched by your words, truly. Lisa, um, you're going to bring us home. So uh, let's, let's have Wait, your uh, affidavit. Let, let me, well. let me cut it. Let me cut in before Lisa talks. we got a little bit of time left and I just had a thought. We just had the last two speakers didn't say whether they were, they said they were neither Democrat nor Republican. The people talking right now, I mean, a lot of us are Democrats, obviously, uh, we fight for that stuff, but but we've had people on this plaintiff panel that just want what's best for Wisconsin, and they just want democracy, and we're not leaning. This is not a political thing. This is no. what about the rule of law. So sorry about that, Lisa. Go ahead. No problem. Thank you, Kirk, and thank you, Pat, for the opportunity to be here tonight and for the opportunity to be a party to this lawsuit, which I regard it as one of the most important things I could be doing right now. My name is Lisa Mueller, and I'm an adult resident of Ellsworth, Wisconsin. I've lived here for 27 years. I grew up in Madison, so I'm a lifetime resident of Wisconsin. Uh, I voted regularly in national, state, and local elections since I was 18. I won't, I won't do the math for you on how long that's been, but it's been a while. I'm a lifetime voter, lifetime advocate for getting people to the polls. I was invited to join Pierce County Grassroots Organizing in 2019 and currently serve on its board of directors. We are a nonpartisan group um, and, and have been working hard on the Fair Maps campaign and ending gerrymandering in Wisconsin. We do grassroots organizing around various local issues as well as the statewide Fair Maps campaign that I mentioned. I've also worked with the Pierce County Democrats on various campaigns. I have done a lot of canvassing and door knocking for environmental organizations and political candidates over the years. This spring, I was involved in an election recount in my area in a race that had a two vote margin. We did a manual recount of about a thousand ballots. The votes in the recount were identical to the original count. My preferred candidate lost, but I was happy to congratulate the winner. This experience reinforced my faith in our election system and in the people who run our elections, at least here at the local level. My background is in conservation biology. I've always worked hard to defend the environment as well as um, equal rights and opportunities for all human beings, 
not just women, but all disenfranchised people included. The U.S. withdrawal from the Paris Climate Accord during the Trump administration um, and the subsequent four-year pause on the part of the United States in working actively to address climate solutions was devastating to me. But I'm heart- I was heartened during that time and continue to be heartened by the fact that many nonprofit organizations and the private sector rose to the challenge and filled that gap. Um, beginning way back when I was in college, um, I um, have worked for a number of environmental organizations and was happy with that career in conservation, but decided in my late 40s to go back and get an education degree in addition to my conservation background, because I recognized the need to educate the next generation of conservationists on environmental issues, especially as I sensed young and old people becoming more disconnected from the land that sustains us. I regularly communicate with my state and U.S. representatives and senators. I have written or called Senator Ron Johnson's office dozens of times on issues of concern, including many environmental issues, though Senator Johnson rarely acknowledges any of my communications. I regard the January January 6, uh, 2021 insurrection as an act of treason. I would like to see the people who played a role in carrying it, assisted in its pursuits, and or covering it up be held accountable. Senator Johnson has never represented my interests nor have the other two defendants in this case. The fact that they were actively involved in trying to subvert the results of a free and fair election is more than enough to disqualify them from ever running or um, holding public office again in my view. I feel personally aggrieved by the defendant's conduct because I've literally lost years of my life pushing back on all the ways that President Trump violated uh, our countries, both my rights, the rights of many of my friends and family, along with all those who support and facilitate the big lie that the 2020 election was stolen from him. This absolutely includes the three defendants in this suit. I feel that these people must be held accountable and it is my duty to do whatever I can to ensure that this occurs. I have a daughter who graduates from high school and will leave for college this August. I would like to be able to spend more time with her. I have an organic farm that I would also like to be able to spend more time on. My son, who currently lives in the area, is likely to move to California in the near future. I have two families that, family members that were recently diagnosed with cancer, and I would dearly love to spend as much time as possible with my family because time is precious but I need to divide my time because of the importance of working to save our democracy. The fact that I must spend time disabusing voters that what happened in 2020 was not fraudulent only hinders my ability to advocate for policy issues that matter to this country. Respectfully submitted. And I thank you. Oh, okay. Lisa, thank you for taking us out on just the right note. And, um, to end on something somewhat lighter, I want to thank you all. You've passed the audition for the Up North Podcast Book Club. We'll see you here every week for a good roundtable discussions on democracy. No, bless you all for what you're doing. Kirk and I will wrap up the show right after this. The dogs the garbage over last night. And there's always construction work bothering you. Neighborhood
it's time to give thanks and do some uh, promotional work as we do each week. Let's do it this way this time. If you listen to us as a podcast, you should know we record this podcast live as a radio show Wednesday nights, and we get to do that because of our awesome radio hosts. So if you're in the Madison area, tune in to Devil Radio 92.7. If you're around Waukesha, listen to The Shaw 101.1 FM or WAUK 540 AM. If you listen to us as a radio show, you should know that if you miss a show, you can catch us as a podcast. It gets posted usually by Saturday mornings, wherever you subscribe or get it through the Devil Radio app or get it from the show's website, upnorthpodcast.com. If you hear us in any of these ways, and for some godforsaken reason you want to see us do the show, we put the video version up on the Facebook page of Kirk's Monaco Brewing Company, or you can watch us on YouTube, search for Up North Podcast Wisconsin. That's enough about Kirk's contribution to the online cacophony. He's talk, I'm news. You can find my daily news work over at upnorthnewswi.com or search upnorthnewswi on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and listen for my daily updates right here on the radio. Kirk. So, Pat, we just heard from seven uh, truly angels, truly incredible people. Uh, you know, there was, we had, um, not only activists, we had vote counters, people who worked at the polls. We, we had uh, people who have, you know, hosted house parties, um, you know, welcoming candidates. Uh, we had um, we had technical writers to tell people, you know, what these policies were going to do uh, to Wisconsin. And they all together in a bi in a pretty bipartisan way said, we need to hold the people that told this big lie accountable. Uh, in order to just get Wisconsin back to a state of normalcy, so that neighbors could can talk about things like you know the dogs ripping up their garbage as opposed to hating each other because one set thinks that democracy no longer stands because they've been duped that Trump should have won the election when he he didn't. <laughs> It gets to that. I, I mean, there were so many good points to make, and and I, I made the one earlier that a lot of these folks are the helpers, and democracy does require people who are, you know, the 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 bureaucratic term is thought leaders, you know, where and those are just the people that you go to where you go, hey, you pay attention to this stuff. What do you think about it? And those those people in your neighborhood, in your circles, are extremely vital. But like Lisa said in wrapping things up, I mean, they like to do that, but you know, their family time is precious too, even though they pay attention to politics. And now they have to take time away from their family to do something existential to save democracy. So while a lot of folks are talking about, you know, neighbor versus neighbor, there's some of your neighbors that are, you know, taking this next step to try to keep some of the bad apples from causing any more harm. Um, and that's, I mean, Kirk, you, you, you had a neighbor like over the fence post, you, you were able to reach agreement on something, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just before we close, it's like what, uh, you know, what Jim said, the third speaker said is his own family members. He doesn't know if he's going to get them back because, because they believe that Trump should have won it. And he knows that's wrong. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a Trumper behind me in my backyard and the Monaco Brewing Company who didn't want me to even be able, we're building the taproom right now, didn't want me to be able to hook up my electricity until I just said hi to her. And I looked her at her in the eyes and I smiled at her and we made up 
and it was all over it made up and it was better and that's what we got to do to understand you don't have to agree on everything but you can be civil as neighbors we got to go thank you kirk thanks to all of our guests thank you for joining us at the cabin come on back up north next week One, two, three, four.